close my blessing. Just just give the Lord one more hand of praise for what he's done. Every one of you, I look around this room, I see such potential, such potential. And I, I just want to, um, for a few minutes today, just kind of just, just kind of rain on the seed that God, that God's planted in your hearts this week. I mean, I know he's done so much in all of you. And here's the thing, you know, y- you're going out of here excited. And, you know, tomorrow this time, we're all going to be back in our weekly routines, doing what we do. And it's fine. Um, but I want you to go with confidence. I want you to go knowing that what, what as, 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 as Pastor Wes said, what, what God has done in you this week, and this is real. This is real. It's genuine. Um, you know, Jesus has a lot to say about the kingdom of God. You know, it's not, the kingdom of God isn't just, you know, something floating around on a cloud somewhere, okay? That's what he said. It's, it's very, very real and very tangible. The kingdom of heaven is at ease, okay? Um, now, there's, a, there's coming a day where that will be visible. In, in the visible realm, but 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 it, the kingdom is at ease, and he says about the kingdom of God, it's it's forcefully advancing. You know, there's a scripture verse people like to quote it. If you've been in the church a long time, you probably heard this: "When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a, a, a standard against them." But you know, in the in the original language, there's no comma there. You know, we 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 tend to think the enemy, the bad, comes in like a flood and wreaks his havoc. And then God's going to raise up some sort of a defensive standard. But what if it's more like when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. See, God's got a God's got a big a big right hook. Okay, <laughs> if you know boxing, <laughs> you know who was it? George Foreman, at like almost fifty years old, goes into the ring and. Wins back the heavyweight title with that he's losing, and it's the twelfth round, and he he just lets this right hook go, and the guy just <laughs> the guy just drops his arms and falls to the floor. I mean, you know, but that's what the kingdom of God is. It forcefully advances. It 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 it, it, it grows, and it's and 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 it, here's the thing: where it starts really small. It starts in seed form. So how does God? What does God do in you? He plants seed. He plants seed. And, you know, I wasn't going to share these verses today, but, you know, football, sometimes the quarterback calls an audible. So I think God's calling a little bit of an audible here. But um, 
Jesus would, had a lot to say about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like. And he said, he said, he told a story by way of comparison. He set forth before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. That's really, really small. Okay, grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Of all the seeds, it's the smallest, but when it is grown, it's the largest of the garden herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and find shelter in its branches. You see, it starts as a seed, but it grows, it advances, and it, it works its way through you. See, your new life in Christ, it begins in your spirit. Your spirit is reborn, recreated. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. She's a new creation. All, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Your spirit is reborn. That is a creative miracle. You, you, don't, you, you don't see it, so it doesn't have the wow factor a lot of times, but it, it, you feel it and you know it. And that's that clean feeling y you're feeling today. That's that, that's that sense of, wow, something has shifted in my life. See, that's a, that's a recreated human spirit. And the kingdom starts there, and it works its way out through your soul, the realm of your mind, your will, your emotions, your decision-making capacities, the way you think, your mindset, you know, all of that works its way through your soul. I, and outward through your body, you begin to, your whole life begins to radiate the glory and the perfection of Jesus Christ, the excellencies of Christ. And you begin to reflect him and reveal his character. And, 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 and I tell you, as, as this happens, as the kingdom advances in you and through you, in you, he, God moves through you, outward through you. Because, you know, Jesus, um, he, he gave another story here a verse later. He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast th that, a, that a woman took and, and basically put into a dough, put into flour until all of it was leavened. See, um, the, the, the kingdom is meant to affect change in you and in those around you. And when you go out of here, God's going to put you on assignment. He's going he's to do some things. He's placing a call on your life in your circle of influence for you to be salt and light, you see. And, you know, he talks about, Jesus talked about the kingdom being like yeast that worked its way through a dough. Um, I uh, grew up in uh, New York. I, I originally born in New York City, raised on Long Island, New York. But, um I used to work when I was a teenager. I worked. Is that Angel? Yeah. By the way, a little side note. Take the time to get to know each other's stories. You know, I was chatting with Angel this morning. We're both from originally New York City, so you know that's cool. So, anyways, um, I worked in a bagel shop when I was a teenager. Uh, anybody like bagels? It's a really simple formula. They got these great big mixers, and they just crank. <laughs> but and it's like a, you crank it down. And you take these 100-pound sacks of flour. You, 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 you build your muscles working there. We'd have to bring these things up from the basement every, every night. And you take these 100-pound sacks of flour. You take a knife, and you open it up, and you, you, you dump it into the mixer. Three bags. That's 300 pounds of flour. And then you take nine pounds of sugar. There's a lot of sugar in that recipe. And then you take four and a half pounds of salt. There's a lot of salt. And then you take four and a half pails of water pails of water and you dump it in, you crank it back up and you turn on you turn on the stream button and you and it just mixes. But but here's the thing, it's supposed to mix for half an hour, but after 20 minutes, you have to stop 
the mixing. You got to press the red button. Stop. You unroll it. It's all like this watery, doughy mixture. It's not quite ready yet. And you're supposed to take a half a pound of yeast, a cake of this yeast. And you take a half pound and you, you, you just sort of, you know, you, you, you kind of take it and you crumble it up and you throw it in there. And then you crank the mixer back up. And, in, and, and for the last 10 minutes, that yeast worked its way through the dough. This little bit of yeast that you put in there worked its way through 300 pounds of dough in 10 minutes. And here's the thing. If you forgot to put the yeast in, the whole mix is ruined. It's, it's no good. It's ruined. And you got to throw it out because the, the dough won't rise and you, you get flat bagels and nobody wants to buy those. They're like stone, you know. So, so you, but here it is. You put the yeast in and it, this is what the kingdom of God is in you. Like it's like yeast that worked its way through your entire being, your entire person. And see, this is what God is committed to doing in you. Day by day, hour by hour, as you walk with him, you know, you're partnering with God. And, and as, you, as, you, as, you, as you yield your life to him, watch what he will do. He will do the miraculous in your life. And so, you know, for a few minutes today, I want to I just talk about that. Uh, that God wants to mobilize you to live in the realm of the miraculous. And then at the end here, we're going to take a few minutes at the end and we're going to receive communion. Now, if you've, if you've, if you've never received communion before, it's, it's, it's okay. We'll explain it to you. But we're going to receive communion together, okay? So, but um, it's just one verse I want to read to you. And then I want to just tell you, uh, call, draw to your attention a quick story from the Bible and we'll... You know, we'll move into communion. But in Ephesians 3, 16 to 21, the, uh, Paul the Apostle is praying. He's praying for the church. And he says, um, actually, verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its uh, title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your inmost being and personality. This is God in you, living in you by the Holy Spirit. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, all of God's people, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ, that you may experience that love, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being. Here's the kingdom advancing through you like leaven, that you may... That you may um, be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who by the action of his power that's at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far over and above all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen, so be it. You see, this scripture talks about the great power that is made available to us. 
as, as, as the children of God. The, the, there's a word for that in the original uh, Greek writing. It's called, it's called dunamis. It's actually, we get the wor words like dynamic, dynamite, okay? You get dunamis, like dynamic power, like dynamite. That's available to you, all right? We're talking, we're not, we're, you know, we're not talking about little firecracker here. We're talking dynamite. This is what's available to you. This is what God has placed in you by his Holy Spirit, okay? This is the fullness of the life in the Holy Spirit, the fullness of life in Christ, okay? It's a life where you are living in the realm of the miraculous. Heaven invades your life, okay? And so this, this is what we have available to us. And, um, yeah, dunamis. And, you know, how's he going to do more than all we can ask or think, ask or imagine? It's by that action of his power working in us. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, that just means lean on him, rely completely on him. You heard a lot from last night from Pastor Seth about that. Just lean on him. You know, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But as you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Your life will be fruitful and productive. All right? And so, you know, I want to just draw your attention today for a few moments to uh, the story of um, a man. Now, this is an Old Testament story. And in, 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 in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, the God himself, the third person of the Trinity, okay, would wouldn't indwell people as much as he would come upon certain people who he'd chosen for a task, and they would go out and do an exploit, like we heard about David last night. Or, um, you know, and, and, they, and, and he, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and, and give them great ability to do a certain task. Now, we have by far a better, we're under a new covenant in which God himself indwells us, and we're made his children. Okay, but um, I want to go to this Old Testament story for just a few moments, and it's about a man named Gideon. And, you know, it, a little bit of background. In, in, in Israel's history, they would, they would go through these cycles where God would make great promise to them. He'd fulfill his promise. He'd bring them into great blessings, give them land, you know, houses, vineyards. You know, and they, they're living in this blessing. And then they would be tempted and fall into sin and walk away from God and act like, you know, everything I have, I did it with my own hands and I don't need, I don't need God's help anymore. And God would warn them, and if they repented, blessing continued. If they did not, they would they would come under they would come under penalty. They'd come under penalty. They 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 they'd be judged, and they'd and and they they'd lose what they had very often, and be and be and be carried away captive by a by a, by a neighboring or invading country, uh, na another nation, and then they'd cry out to God for help. Oh, this is miserable. We need help. God, help us. We're sorry. We're sorry. And he would have compassion because God is compassionate and gracious and loving and he's kind. He's good and heart. And God would hear their prayer and he'd forgive them and he'd restore them. And then they'd go the next generation or two. You'd see the same cycle repeating itself. And Israel was in a place here where uh, they were being oppressed by a country called a nation called the Midianites because of their sin. And um, they, they, they'd gotten into false idol worship, worshiping an idol called Baal, which isn't real at all. And um, 
They were oppressed by these people, the Midianites. The Midianites were a nomadic, roaming band of millions who would go around and invade, you know, picture some, uh, picture an, uh, an invading uh, nomadic band of people just invading your neighborhood. That's what they did. And they came and they just, they just shut Israel down and took all their resources, took all their crops, and basically, um, basically impoverished them. And so um, we meet this, we meet Gideon at a time where things are not going good. Things are not going well. And the whole country is, 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 is under this yoke of oppression. And Gideon's afraid. And I just want to read to you this interaction that God has with him when God comes to him and calls him and gives him an assignment. Because each of you, I believe God's putting you on assignment. And it's going to be in situations that look completely impossible. Because if it was easy, if it was something that anybody could do, people would get the credit for it. But God's going to get the glory in your life. He's going, listen, there's a reason you weren't born 400 years ago. And that you're not in some monastery somewhere locked away. There's a reason you're in the world we're in today. There's a reason you were born and you were dealing with the things that our society has dealt with this past year. The shaking and the stuff that's gone on. Okay? COVID and socially and, 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 and in our nation. All right? There's, but God's put you here for a purpose. You are here. To, you, to, to, you are here by mandate of God. You were born for such a time as this. All right, so you belong here. So don't ever swallow the big lie that somehow you don't fit in, you don't count, that you somehow don't belong here. Okay? You, 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 you are, there, there's, a, there's, there's great need for what you carry in this hour, in your circle of influence. Okay? And God's going to bring you into situations that are humanly impossible. But Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. Remember the mustard seed? He said, if you can have faith, just the size of a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible to you. And it speaks of just levels of confidence and trust in God, relying upon him, abiding in him, trusting him, okay? Because he, uh, he, will, he will work exploits in your life and through you and do mighty, great, mighty and great things. Bigger than you can ask or imagine or even think, as we read a few minutes ago. So we meet Gideon at a time where it looks completely impossible. And this is in Judges chapter 6. And I'm just going to read a few verses here. And you're going to see this interaction. So uh, in verse 11, it says, um, the, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree that was in a place called Oprah, which, be, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it or hide it from the Midianites. What's going on with that? Gideon is afraid. He's hiding. He's in something called a wine press, and he's threshing wheat to get enough food for his grains because the Midianites basically came in and took their food. The Midianites were numbering in the millions. They said you couldn't even count all their faces, all, the, all their camels they had, and they were just oppressing Israel, depleting their resources, taking everything they had. And so we, we meet Gideon, and he's a man full of fear. He's timid. He's afraid. He's just trying to survive. Okay, he's trying to passively sort of cope with the new normal. He's adjust. He's trying to adjust. He's convinced himself, and here's where you know it's easy to do this, and many have done this. It's easy to convince ourselves when we're in a tough spot that we're a victim of, of circumstances. Okay, and 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 it, and it hasn't occurred to him that God might want to do something about it. Okay, 
because, you know, the new normal might not be what God wants. Okay? All right? Just, just going with the flow is not, is, not, is not the thing that's acceptable to God very often. All right? So much human behavior is, is linked to thinking that it's kind of like, well, I guess that's just how it is. There's nothing you can do about it. You see? And this feeling of powerlessness. And that's really a, that's fear-based living. Okay, and fear, fear is, you know, fear is all based in, in this, in this, in this, you know, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? It's, it's fear of, of being hurt, fear of, fear of being, of dying, fear of death. Okay, and fear is all based in that. It's all wrapped up in that. It's what's going to happen to me. And we get into self-preservation, and uh, let me get my slice of the pie, and I'll just take care of myself. And so we meet Midian, a Gideon, and he's, he's in some, he's hiding out, and he's trying to get his food, okay? And, um, you know, but Jesus came to deliver us from that level of living. In fact, a scripture, you commit to memory, says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, you know? And, and I'd recommend you... You know, decree that over your life on a daily basis until that becomes so real to you. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see? And so the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. Now, that's pretty compelling, right? It's, I mean, you guys were talking about getting electrocuted yesterday in a wind. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, that's genuine. That's the real stuff. Uh, well, the angel of the Lord, actually an angel comes and appears to Gideon. And here's what he says. The angel says to him, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty man of fearless courage. Now, you look at Gideon, and hi his life is a complete contradiction to that. His life does not measure up to that at all. Okay? Uh, up to Gideon, Gideon does not look like a mighty man of courage. And yet God is seeing his potential. God's saying, the Lord is with you, mighty man of mighty man of valor, mighty man of great courage, mighty man, you know, mighty man of fearless courage. And God says that over each of you today. The Lord is with you, mighty young man, mighty young woman of fearless courage. You might not feel it. You might not feel it. But see, here's the thing. Faith is not based on feelings. It's not. You see? And God's going to speak to your potential. He's going to speak to where he's taking you. In the face of God's of contradiction, God always has a good report. He speaks the truth about you. He meets you where you are, but he speaks to you in view of who you are in him and where he's taking you. So he spoke to Gideon's potential, calling him up into his true identity. You see, and this is how God speaks. God's not lying. In Gideon was a mighty man of valor. He just didn't know it yet. He just didn't know it yet, but it was there. It was there. He just couldn't see it yet. His eyes needed to be opened. All right? And so our God, you have to know this about God. He's the God who speaks of things that have not yet appeared as though they already exist. Because to him it's already done. Already done. All right? In him, listen, you are complete in him. You're complete. You're a joint heir, which means everything Jesus has, he gives to you freely. You have royal DNA flowing through your blood. All right, you are made of, you are royalty in God. Royal DNA, okay? That's you. That's you. You're a child of God. And so Gideon's eyes to that point had been closed to the truth. But look at the next, 
And so Gideon responds to the, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon says, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. So that's like a script going through Midian's, uh, Gideon's head. It's a script that he had. Uh, it's, it, it's basically a narrative that he believed. But it's a false narrative. It's not true. See, the, the, the if, see, when we start getting into that, well, if God's with us, then why and where? You know, we start asking those questions. And here, Gideon's idea of reality was built on what he saw going on around him. And that's the mistake. All right? Don't build your idea of reality on, what you on, the, on, on the disarray you see going on around you. You heard it last night. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ, okay? Because he has a good report that he speaks over you, all right? He has a good report. You know, the scripture says in the New Testament in Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, dwell on, think on, fix your minds on these things. Fix your eyes on Christ, all right? So God has a remedy for us. It's for us to partner with the inner work of the Holy Spirit and to renew our minds to the truth. Get this word of God into you. I heard Josiah saying that yesterday. Okay, get the word of God into you. Um, fix your eyes on Jesus. And so in verse 14, here's the thing. The Lord doesn't answer his why questions. Wouldn't it be nice if God answered all our why did this happen questions? He didn't even answer it. The Lord looked at him. And said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? That's a mind-blowing statement. God didn't even address the, well, if God's with us, then why is this happening? Where are all the miracles? God looks squarely at him and says, I have an assignment for you. Go. Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? See? Sometimes God wants you to partner with him as the answer to the, to, to, to the very prayer you're praying. See? So sometimes, you know, when we're asking a lot of questions, a lot of those why questions, it's because, you know, any of you listen to the radio, you would flip the radio dial. It's because we're not on the right frequency. <laughs> you know, we get God speaks. The scripture says, that we live by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Sometimes we've got to get on the right frequency because God's saying good things about you, okay? And if you swallow a line that says, well, well, I, I know God's not with me because this went wrong and this went wrong and this went wrong and, and, and I haven't seen him do this yet and I haven't seen him do this yet and I haven't seen him do this yet. And, but none of that's based in truth. So get on God's frequency. Get into his word. Give your listen in for the voice of the Holy Spirit and hear what He's saying over your life. All right. So, so God answers Gideon's question with a call. He gives Gideon a call and an assignment on his life, and it, I mean a good assignment. No, <laughs> I say an assignment on his life sounds like he's going to kill him. No, it's an assignment that's humanly impossible. Though He says, "You're going to go, and I want you, I want you." be instrumental I want to I, I want to I want you to work with me I want to deliver Israel it's time and you are a man I've chosen you see God's chosen each one of you 
for specific assignments, you see? And it isn't meant for you to do in your own strength, and so it's going to look humanly impossible. Delivering Israel from the hand of the Midianites looked like a fairy tale. That was humanly impossible. They numbered in the millions. They looked like there was no way out, but God had a way. And uh, we won't get to, all to it because we're just going to stay, stay on this, but God ended up doing it in a very supernatural way, a very supernatural way that look, would look foolish to the natural mind. And yet Gideon didn't even have to raise a sword, okay? I mean, Gideon didn't even have to go out and kill anyone, okay? There was a way that God had for it to happen. So um, God's just looking for your willing response. He's looking for your yes, all right? I also want you to notice God's calling Gideon into an arena where he has to face his greatest fear. He says, go deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites at a time when Gideon's hiding out from the Midianites. God will call you to face your fears, to face things that, you know, and I, that, 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 that areas where you feel most vulnerable, where you feel your weakest, where you feel, I just, I can't. And that's what he's going to call you to face. And in his strength, you're going to overcome because he is our conquering hero. We heard that last night. He's our conquering hero. He's already won. And that's what communion's all about. He's already won. The answer, it's a, it, it, your victory was secured at the cross. It was secured at the cross where Christ gave his life for you and shed his blood for you. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, ask yourself for just a few moments before you go out of here today, what's my greatest fear? You know, for some people it might be, uh, I mean, it would just be practical. It could be public speaking. Some it could just be taking a stand of faith when you're with friends or when you're with those that you know mock people of uh, Christians. Uh, you know, offering to pray with someone. Y you know, God's, God's tapped you on the shoulder and you're, you're sensing saying, I want you to pray for people who, who are sick and confused. And yet that scares you. And it could be something just really practical like tomorrow morning when you go to school, if you're not on remote learning, but if you're on remote learning, same deal. Um, it could just be daring to open your books and put forth, forth your best effort. Maybe the idea of opening a book and really giving it your best shot scares you because you think, what if I fail? And so you just sort of, and so it's easier to just not try and act like you don't care. <laughs> you know? And yet, God starts to challenge you and say, no, you can do this. In me, you can do this. You have excellence in you. You see, there's excellence in you. Well, a couple more verses, and we're almost done. Gideon isn't ready to trust God yet with that. So the next verse, Gideon said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. So Gideon there's another mindset, another argument, another excuse that needs to be shattered. He says, well, my family is a bunch of nobodies, and I'm the youngest in my family. It's kind of like saying, God, you don't understand. If you only knew my home life, if you only knew my neighborhood, if you only knew my school, um, you know, I'm not, or I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm, not, I'm, I'm too young, I don't speak well, I'm not popular. See, God knows all this, and he chooses you. He chooses you. God knows all this, and he chooses you. You are, you are his choice, 
Understand that. You are God's choice, okay? He says, I choose you, and he is committed to you, and he is committed. He is committed to walking you through challenge things that are very challenging to you, but the end is secure, all right? He has your good in mind. All things are working for your good as you simply yield your life to him. He, you can go knowing whatever, you, whatever situation you find yourself in tomorrow morning when you get back into your routine, you can go knowing God is surrounding you. He's got your back. He's going ahead of you to prepare the way for your day. He is indwelling you. He will give you the right words to speak at the right time. He will give you the capability to do whatever it is you need to do. You just simply trust him and go forth. And you can go with confidence. You can go with confidence. And so, you know, again, the next verse, God doesn't give Gideon a free pass with his argument. Again, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't address what Gideon's saying, but he simply says, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. I will be with you. I will be with you. You see? And, you know, notice the focus here. You know, the focus is on God. It's uh, God saying, I will, and then the result is you shall. You get that? God's saying, I will do this, and then you shall do this. Because of my faithfulness to you, God's saying, this is what's going to be produced in your life. This is what you're going to look like. This is what it's going to look like. Some of you in here, all of you, I'm believing for all of you, you're not going to recognize yourself even this time next year. Great things in store for you. Great things in store for you in God. Truly. Because of what? Because God has said, I, I will do this. I've already done it through the cross. I've provided the means for you to walk in victory. And you will be a blessing because he's blessed you. See, he's blessed you, and now you will become a blessing for so many. God is just looking for your agreement your confident trust in his ability and his goodness. He's calling you to take the first step. See? And so he'll challenge you. When, when, when God challenges you to take the first step, it is a step of obedience and it is scary. Okay? Whatever it is he's calling you into. And here's the, here's the principle. Walking by faith, it's like this, folks. Please remember this. This is, this is lifelong. I'm in my 50s now. As you walk by faith, God challenges me every day. I'm learning new things. In, I'm growing every day. But you've got to be willing to take steps outside your box. Don't box yourself in. You've got to be willing sometimes to do something you didn't think you could do before. Sometimes that's how miracles start. You know, you might feel sick. You might be laying in bed. I feel like I got the flu. Maybe you will, maybe, maybe God's challenging you to get up and take a step. Maybe he's challenging you. You know what? By his stripes I was healed. You know, not that you want to go spread sickness to people. I get that. But maybe he's challenging you. Get up and take a step. Maybe you're just feeling so out of it. Right? I just don't even want to get up today. You just want to pull the, pull the, you just want to pull the blanket over your head. You feel discouraged. You feel depressed. You feel anxiety ridden. Get up and take a step. Take the first step. Do something you didn't think you could do. Whatever that is. Maybe God's challenging you to step into an arena. I mean, that was so cool what you said about joining the choir. I mean, come on. That's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing. 
Let God expand. Let you know, kick the walls down. Those those uh, those boxes that you may have put yourself in. Break it down. Okay? In God, through his dynamic, through his dunamis power. Boom. Boom. Kick the bo- kick the walls out. Take the limits off. Do away with limited thinking. Limited thinking. Defining yourself short of who God says you are. Don't sell yourself short. Good news. Good news. You know, I, I think a lot of times we're in the place where we know God's God and that he can he can do this in my life, but is he really willing? There was a man who came to him. He wanted his, his son was demon-possessed. He was thrown on the ground. He was foaming at the mouth. He says, he says to Jesus, uh, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus says, if you can. Because all things are possible to them that believe. You see? All things. All things. See, often we're not convinced that God is willing. You know? Uh, and there was, there was a leper, a man with leprosy, a skin disease. He came to Jesus and says, if you're willing, you'll ma- you can make me clean. If you're willing. I know you can do it, but I, if you're willing. Jesus said, Jesus just looks at him. I, I picture him with a smile. He says, I am willing. Be healed. You see, God is so good. He's your willing father. He is willing. He's willing in his goodness. He will do abundantly, super abundantly, beyond your highest hopes and dreams, more than you could ask or imagine, more than you could ever ask or imagine. Well, Gideon eventually in this interaction become con- becomes convinced that God will follow through on what he says, and uh, he, uh, he ends up asking God for a series of signs. We won't go into all to that, but God very patiently meets him in that, and sometimes, you know, God will God meets us where we're at, but he's going to keep challenging us. Gideon goes forth, and with an army of 300 men, long and short of it, you can read it for yourself, Israel's delivered. Quite a story, and it's true. It really happens. Well, here's the good news, though. We don't need signs. You don't have to ask God for signs from heaven. It's cool. I mean, I love, uh, you know, again, when you, you see a wind blow and all that, that is so awesome. And sometimes just God will give you those, some people call them God winks, those little things, those little uh, tangible evidences that you, that you get as you go through your day that God's with you, that he loves you. You know, little things that just he says, hey, I notice, I see, I'm here, you know, I'm with you. And, th- and those things are great. And hang on to those. You know, that's wonderful. Here's the deal. Um, you to really know God's commitment to you, his love for you, his goodness to you, toward you. You need look no further than the cross. And we're, we're closing with this today because we're going to receive communion in a few moments. So. These are our final moments together. So just let's let's really together right now enter into the presence of God. God is a covenant-keeping God. Covenant is a very powerful thing, but understand covenant on God's end, covenant's unbreakable. God is committed to you. He will not break that his covenant. Okay? Covenant-keeping God. And covenant ke- covenant means covenant in you can look at covenant this way. All that God all that you have is becomes God's. And that's 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 the God I give you everything, but th- and there's a return flow. It's all that God has becomes yours. That I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. All that you have becomes His. 
and all his resources, all that he has, becomes yours because you're a son, you're a daughter in his hand. Royal DNA, royal lineage. And so where did he show us this? Well, through the cross. Okay? Through the cross, we already have victory. We stand in the completed work It's a finished work where we have been set free. In Colossians, it says the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son, of his Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. All right? In the days ahead, I trust the Lord will reveal to your hearts more about the cross. Because as you grow in God, the cross, it's so important that the cross be central in your life because this is where this is where your this is where your freedom was purchased and it's already finished it's a done work and you know so i want to just get personal for a few moments because we're going before we receive communion a question for you today you know what areas of limited thinking might god be challenging in your life before you go out of here today because so what are some areas of limited thinking he may be challenging you He's calling you uh, to he's calling you from a mere natural form of existence into into the supernatural life to walk in the realm of the miraculous. To give yourself completely to the in, to the inner working of the Holy Spirit. And it's a make no mistake, it is a supernatural life. And to do this, he will challenge areas of where you might feel vulnerable, areas where maybe your thinking has been limited. Areas where you, maybe where you've walked in fear and you face decisions on fear, to call you up into the reality of your, your true identity in him. And the good news is that through the power of the cross, you can access and receive his life as your very own. All right? What does that mean? In communion, when we receive communion, we, we, we receive bread and, we, and bread and juice, basically, is what you're receiving, except it's, it means something so much more. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, that he went before he went to the cross, had supper with his disciples, and he broke bread, and he said, "This is my body broken for you. Eat of it." And then he gave them the cup, and he said, "This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you. Drink of it." And anytime you eat and drink of it, you're you're remembering me. You're remembering what I've done for you. You're proclaiming the Lord's death, okay? And but and there's also something very very important that can happen in your life as you receive communion. You know, he calls us to come and, and receive communion with a heart of thanksgiving. And when we partake of communion with thanksgiving, we also receive, we also, we receive from him. It's called, the word for it is appropriate. We appropriate what he accomplished for us. We appropriate it and we receive it for ourselves. His body broken for you. That's why these pieces of bread are broken. His body was broken for you, for your healing. By his stripes, you were healed. His body, he bore in himself your shame, your guilt, your sorrow, your pain, your sin. He bore it away. He bore it away. You get a hold of this, you'll understand. You don't have to live in sin another moment in your life. You can walk free. You can be healed. God will heal you. If you have a physical affliction in your body today, God will heal it. The dynamic dunamis power of God will drive that thing out of you as you understand that he bore away.
your sickness. He took it all. The same body that took your sin, took your sorrow, your shame, your suffering, your, 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 your sickness. He took it all. He bore it away. Past tense. That's spiritual history for all who have faith in him. Sometimes we live so far short of that because we, we forget how quickly we forget. And yet he rem he's here to remind us, don't forget what I did for you. It's done. It's finished. Walk in it. You can walk. You have permission. Access is granted. You can walk out of here today completely free in every way, spirit, soul, and body. It doesn't depend on your feelings. You might say, well, I don't feel like it. Walk in it. Walk in victory. Okay? You're beginning to act like your Father in heaven who calls things that are not yet manifested as though they already were. That's called walking by faith. Jesus said, whatever you believe, you receive it, and you shall have it. Walk it out. Walk by faith. Watch what he'll do. And so we appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood, and we receive the empowerment to walk in what the Bible calls newness of life as his children in the earth. The cross, ending with this, is the place of what we call the great exchange, where you lay down your fear at the cross, and you exchange it for his courage, his faith, his strength. You lay down your anxiety, and you receive his peace. You lay down your sickness, and you receive help for your body. Okay, You lay down your guilt and shame and receive his righteousness. It's the great exchange. Everything you were, you lay it at the cross, and you take upon yourself that brand new reality. And each time we receive communion, we're reminding ourselves of this. All right? the place where we come with thanksgiving to receive. Here's the thing. Before you go out of here today, after, because uh, I'm going to challenge you in a moment to come and just receive and declare your freedom. Take, receive communion as a declaration of your freedom with a heart of thanksgiving. But as you go out of here today, remember this in our closing moments together. Once you lay it down, whatever it is you lay down, whatever he bore away, don't pick it up again. Don't pick it up again. When you leave today and you go home, you go back to your routine, you're going forth in the power of a new life, in resurrection power. You are dead to sin. It says in 1 Peter, he bore our sin in his body on the cross, laid himself on the cross as, an, as on an altar. He did it willingly that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you were healed. So from this day forward, we're taking personal responsibility for what we yield our minds to. We're taking what God has said about us in his word through his great and precious promises. And this is how we partake of the divine nature. We take his great and precious promises. We meditate on it. We think on it. We decree it over our life. Okay? And so I want to just encourage you here. If I, uh, if I could have, where can I? Where's Jim? Just come up to the keyboard. Okay? We're going to receive communion. All right? And I want to. I want to encourage you to come, and I'll give you instructions in a few moments, to just come today and just, you know, God's done a lot this weekend. And so this, we want communion to seal it. Seal the deal, all right? Seal it. And I want, let this be a memorial. Let this be an altar where you never forget. You never forget. What is this? March 7th, 2021. Never forget March 7th, 2021. God marked me.
at the communion table. I am my beloved's, my beloved is mine. I am his, and he is mine. I receive his life as my very own. I walk in newness of life. I am not the old man I was. I am not the old, girl, I am not the old woman I was. I am made new, and I walk in freedom. I am free. I am free. Can you say that? From Everybody say this. I am free. In Jesus' name, through the finished work of the cross, you are free. You're free. So I want you to you know, come today. And if you've got any unfinished business, you know, lay down any, any broken, defeated thinking. Receive his wholeness. Whatever you need to leave here, leave it and receive. Receive from the body broken for you, the blood shed for you. All you got, practically, what does that mean? You'll just come up here. You will, you'll receive the bread, okay, that represents the body of the Lord broken for you. You'll receive the juice that represents the blood of the Lord shed for you, okay? You can take it back to your seat, or you can even hang around here by the altar, take a knee, all right, or just stand here. I, I, I really encourage you in our final moments together, conduct some holy business with God. Come with thanksgiving and just offer yourself to him. And just, you know, before I go out of here today, God, I receive all that you have for me. Lord, I thank you for healing my body. I thank you for cleansing my mind. I thank you that I'm not full of anxiety, but I'm, I, I walk in courage. I thank you that you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I thank you that you've given me wholeness, Lord God, and I'm not broken anymore. And you just begin to offer thanksgiving to God. All right, this time tomorrow, we're all back in our daily lives. But for the, for the last five or ten minutes, can we just come and just get in the presence of God and, 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 just, and just practice the presence of God? Enjoy his presence. Just offer thanks and receive all that he has for you. This is your opportunity to receive. What's the requirement? Simply that you've made Jesus Christ your Lord, okay? You've made, you, you, you've made him your Lord and Savior. And you're committed to walking out this life with him, walking in newness of life with him. Committed to this process, this magnificent journey that he's taking you on. All right? You don't have you're not forced to do this. All right. If you don't feel ready, it's between you and God. Nobody's looking at you. But I encourage you, now is the now is the time. There are moments, the scripture says, you know, today, if you hear his voice, soften your heart, don't don't harden your heart. Today, this is the moment. This present moment is full. It's like pregnant with possibility. God's got such potential that he wants. Uh, ask God to begin to show you, to give you dreams and visions, to give you glimpses into the future that he has for you, into the high call of God on your life. Begin to press forth into that. All right, so I encourage you all to, do, to, 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 to come and to receive. Take it back to your seat. You can stay here at the altar and just partake of it as you know as you're ready. Okay? It's literally what that means. You're gonna put the bread, you're gonna offer thanks for the body of the Lord broken for you. You'll put the bread in your mouth. You'll chew it and swallow it. You'll offer thanks for the blood of the Lord shed for you. You'll drink it. If you've never received communion before, that's what we're gonna do. Alright? Okay, so if you could just let's stand. I'll invite you up here in just a few moments. Just close your eyes for one moment.
Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Speaking of Jesus, he's speaking, he's, Isaiah the prophet is prophesying about the coming of Jesus. He says, he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. A man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. In other words, he came to this earth and was rejected by his own. But he came for you with such love, such grace, full of grace and truth for you. And he came to bear your pain. So it says, surely he has borne our griefs. He bore your sickness. He bore your weakness. He bore your distress. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we didn't understand it, it says. We ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as of the leprosy. Nobody understood what was going on at the cross. They mocked him. They laughed at him. They said, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Prove it. Prove you're the son of God and come down off the cross. They mocked him. They laughed at him. And he hung there willingly. He could have come down. He could have called thousands, legions of angels to rescue him. But he didn't do it out of his love for you. He bore it all for you. It says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment that was needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. With the stripes that wounded him, we're healed made whole. And there it is, the great exchange. Did he just form a couple of lives with Tom? We receive from the Lord's table the great exchange. All that you were laid down to receive all that he is. Joint heirs with Jesus. You share in his reward. You'll never get a better deal than that. Come to the Lord's table. You can just start a line and come on up. Spend some time in the Lord's presence. Take when you're ready. Make it a personal time between you and God. This is our holy moment in God.
him speak to your heart. Let him just bless you and shower you with his love. If you need healing in any area of your life, just say, here I am, God. Work in that area. Work in my life. body of the Lord broken for you, the blood of the Lord shed for you. Make it personal. You can say, the body of the Lord broken for me, the blood of the Lord shed for me. Go ahead and receive communion.